this week's Bell to Bell on VIP YouTube. I think it's episode seven. I'm Steve Lillis, and this week we have chat, chat, and chat. First up, my regular partner in crime, the brilliant journalist, John Evans. And if you thought John and myself can talk and give an opinion, and, we, and you had Ryan Walsh on this last week as well, who really could give an opinion, wait until you hear from our special guest this week, Alex Dilmagani, a man been involved in two of the best fights inside the British ring in the last 12 months against Francisco Fonseca and Samir Ziani. Alex, it's great to have you on the show this week. Um, the European title defeat against um, Zahani must have been a bit of a sledgehammer blow, but the good news is you're back in action soon. Yeah, I'm back in action soon. Um, a lot of things have changed for the better, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and... Uh, I know you're not up in Manchester at the moment. I understand Manchester is your new base for boxing. My, my, my new home. My new home. Tell us about where you're training up here. I will call her and uh, yeah, I'm, 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 looking, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to, to putting all these new things into practice and uh, just look, looking forward to getting out. I'm always looking forward to fighting, so yeah, I'm excited. How are you finding as crawler as a trainer? Uh, he's, he's a great guy. Great fighter, great trainer. He's a great person. So I can't speak higher, you know, enough of the man. You know, everyone has a good word to say about him, and rightly so. And you're in a gym there with James Moorcroft, aren't you? Rhiannon Dixon, Crawler. Yeah. It's going to be a busy gym. Those two are, are full of it, aren't they? He's full of energy, full of enthusiasm. So yeah, Jake James as well. Good place to be. So yeah, yeah, to all, all, all top people. And Crawler's still the best dressed man in the gym, I take it. No, I am. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I took that. I took that away from him. <laughs> right. Okay. For those of you listening to Bell to Bell for the first time, we cover six topics. We will eat the three of us have picked two subjects each. And if you're still talking at the end of three minutes, um, John Evans rings this bell, and you're you're straight back to the corner. If you don't get the gist of it, you soon will. Um, John, I take it you're well. You've rushed back from work to get this to join us early tonight. You well? Yeah, everything's okay, Steve. Well, well, I'll tell you what, John, you fire away with your first topic. Well, we're going to start with the um, rusting guy, Mike Tyson, who comes rolls out of retirement this weekend, probably 20 years past his best. I think it's so sad, you know. Over the last few years, Mike's probably seemed happier than ever, hasn't he? You know, he's got money coming in from the Tyson Ranch and the weed growing. He's lost weight. He always seems to have a smile on his face. And he's done all that without boxing. I, th I think it's really sad that he's throwing himself headlong back into the business that caused him so much pain and so much anguish and took so much from him towards the end of his career when he was used. Everybody knows if he looks even remotely good for 30 seconds against Roy Jones Jr. this weekend, people are going to start throwing more and more money at him for more and more stupid fights. I as sad as it is that we're going to see um, a shadow of the former Mike Tyson, I just think it's even sadder that he's allowed himself to be drawn back in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what? What what comes into my head is Rocky Four. It's all I, all I, I don't want happening. Like, you know, when Duke said it's supposed to be an exhibition and, you know, the guy gets KO'd, killed, you know, in this, you know, in the film case. But um, I just think it's going to be, um, I think, I think Roy Jones Jr. has still got that competitive nature about him. And I reckon he's going to start it off and it's going to turn into a proper fight, you know? So I don't want to see that. 
I, I, look, we're all agreeing. I just don't like it one bit. I've got zero interest in uh, watching it on pay-per-view. Um, it's like, you know, I wouldn't want to watch a football match between two great teams of 20 years ago either. You know, even... Yeah, I agree. They're, 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 they're doing fight breakdowns and, like, <laughs> choosing fights 20 years ago, you know, yeah. 30 years ago. It's, well, uh, it's crazy. Look how far past his best Tyson was when Kevin McBride knocked him out and Danny Williams knocked him out. Now, yeah, exactly. he might be fit, he might be living a little bit cleaner, but he's not going to be any better. No, is he? exactly. It's and, impossible. And the thing that worries me, I think he's going to come out and he'll be dangerous for a minute. Um, but, you know, Roy Jones has been busier. Until, until, you know, 2016, Roy was fighting regularly. I think he's only had a couple fights then, but he's still been active. He's been in Jim's training fighters. He's been around the boxing environment. And what, what that, worries that me is kind of that, that guy, you can tell, lives and breathes fighting. Like boxing and just fighting in general, like with the, with the cockfighting and everything, you can tell he, he lives and breathes it. Mike, you know, he, he takes his breaks and things like that. So, I don't know. I, Roy Jones will definitely be sharper, but he's been viciously knocked out plenty of times, hasn't he? Can you imagine Mike Tyson just meekly accepting that Roy Jones is quicker than him and popping him in the face with a jab. Yeah. He's not that. He's going to lose his rag. It could all end really, really badly. Yeah, I don't want to see it, to be honest. Two. Three minutes, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Quick. My, my first topic is rejoice. And I'm rejoicing that um, we've got Joe Joyce and Daniel Dubois this weekend. Um, I think... It, it's a long time since a domestic fight has excited me like this and with so much at stake um, from, you know, obviously if Dubois loses, he, he can likely come again for sure. You know, but Frank Warren, for example, he's put all his eggs in the Dubois basket, you know, a lot, for a lot, of, his, well, a lot of his promotional eggs in that Dubois basket. He's taken a big gamble. If Joe Joyce gets beat, you see, you know, He's lost to a prospect, not to a world champion. It's going to be such a hard rebuild job for Joe. I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's just a fight that excites me. And you know what I think it's going to come down to? The diligence in the corners. Um, you've got the Bowers there with um, Daniel Dubois. Or not, with what I can gather, you know, Joe has got, it will have Ishmael Salas in the corner, but he hasn't been in the camp for the last couple of weeks, I believe. He's been back to America and he's coming back midweek this week, which to me... Is it isn't a good isn't isn't a good thing to be to be happening? But why, why is he doing that? Because he's got fighters. I um, understand. Um, he's got fighters on in America, and he's gone back to train them for two weeks, and he's coming back this oh, wow. week, which I think is is, is a mad situation. Yeah, bad timing. It, it gives Daniel a massive advantage now because you know yeah. there's been no stone left unturned in that camp um, with about with um, Martin Bowers and Ray Ball training him. Yeah, I, I think this has got, it's a type of fight that's got big implications for years to come. Fighters like Daniel don't come around often. You know, he, he's menacing, isn't he? He knocks people cold. He's come from nothing. And that's the type of thing that grabs people's attention. Can you imagine if Dubois does a job on Joe Joyce in two or three rounds? All of a sudden, you've got yourself a, a real boxing superstar on your hands. He's going to become the hottest prop, property in the world. I can't wait. I, I can't see past Dubois, to be honest. Uh, he's not shown a single weakness so far. He's not. I, I, he seems to trust his own chin. He's willing to trade shots. Um, I just think he looks the full package. I think he might do a real job on Joyce. See, I'm, I'm, I'm picking Joyce. 
Yeah, like Joyce, sure, technically he looks clumsy, but he's got so much experience. He's got a lot. He's got a lot more experience. He's fought professionally at a high level for amateur top level. You know, I just think I just see like a caveman look about him. You know, he he can he can take punches and you know if if it goes listen short the 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 safe bet is if it's early Dubois if it's late Joyce. What's fascinated so. me? I've done a lot of a, a load of verdicts over the last few weeks for Frank Warren's office for a press thing they're doing this week, and the num the number of boxers going for J Joyce is substantially more than Dubois. <laughs> What's your first topic tonight on Bell to Bell? First topic is uh, no funding. You know, the, the the Tories funded all these sports. Uh, horse racing, uh, rugby union, I think they were the top two. And not boxing, you know. Boxing sets a lot of people on, on the right path, you know. People who who have been, you know, affected by crime, poverty, all of these things. And boxing, boxing has saved their life. And, you know, they haven't been, they haven't been funded now. And um, a lot of amateur clubs are going to suffer. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of gyms. Um, and it's just, uh, I think it's, it's a, it's a disgrace. Yeah, I um, I agree with everything you say. You can't not agree with your words there. But I was wondering if um, England boxing amateur bodies or the board of control contacted the government before this winter funding was given out. Now, ice hockey got four million. I can't see someone in the government just thinking we'll give ice hockey four million. I'm only, they must have applied or contacted them, asking them help. The, the questions that haven't been answered is, were the, were, you know, were, 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 was representation made to the government before this funding was dished out? I know in the, in the summer there was a lot of, well, there was a lot of confusion about whether these amateur clubs could actually apply for anything. I remember being down at the finest, you know, ever got the amateur kids yes. down at the finest gym in the city centre, and they were trying to work out ways where they could apply through being a charity or something like that. They never actually got anything in the post, or nobody from the board contacted them, nobody from amateur boxing contacted them to tell them whether they could apply. And I suppose if you have a government looking in at boxing, how many of those people in the House of Parliament are interested in a Steve Goodwin show in London on a Saturday night, they're not interested. They might tune in and see 20,000 people in the Ulta Arena for Anthony Joshua and think that boxing is doing just fine and it can look after itself. Really, they've just got no idea, have they? Hopefully, yeah. the right people speak to them and, and we get a little bit of money. You, uh, you know what? You know what? Like horse racing, rugby union, obviously that was for finance. You know, it makes, it makes the government money with the, with the gambling, with all these things. But ice hockey, I don't get because... Oh. It's not a big sport here. <laughs> I didn't know we had it. I know there's teams. Exactly. Like, I, I, I had no idea. I mean, I know in the 70s and 80s it had a little bit of publicity here, but it does nothing. So someone must have asked for that money for my soccer. And I, I'm just concerned that no one, that if, you know, that our, the governing bodies of amateur and professional boxing may not have made representations before. Now, I'm suspecting they didn't because they haven't said they did previously. The, the worry is here that a, a full generation of young fighters drift away from the gym and just disappear from the sport. It's, it's not just amateur boxing, though, is it? It's small hall boxing as well, no? Yeah, and we, oh, all boxing is, you know, but, you know, I think we're going to lose a generation of boxers anyway. Oh, wow. <laughs> My um, second and final... Oh, sorry, John, we're over to you. Sorry. Well, with um, the, the art of making a match, and I... 
such a complicated business, isn't it? You know, you've got to pick. Once a fighter gets to 10 and 0, you, they should have covered southpaws, tall guys, aggressive guys, defensive guys. They should have covered all that. And that's when it starts getting a little bit difficult, isn't it? You have to choose the right man at the right time to move your fighter through the ranks, making sure they tick all the boxes on the way. And I thought on Saturday night, we got a, a good example of some real perfect matchmaking with Conor Ben. Uh, the guy he was in with, Sebastian Formella, flattered by his ranking, um, came to win but was limited. It allowed Connor to show what he's been working on. He could be aggressive without actually taking too many risks because Formella wasn't a puncher. He's worked his way up the rankings. He looked good doing it. He cut a fantastic little promo afterwards and all of a sudden Connor Ben's stock has risen, hasn't it? Um, we've seen a few bad examples of matchmaking in recent times. Look at Joe Laws getting turned over off Ryland Charlton. Um, and I know both the big promoters in Britain at the minute have just had a, a change of matchmakers, haven't they, both Frank Warren and Matchroom. So there'll be some teething problems. But I just thought it was a real good example of choosing the right man at the right time to move your man further on. Yeah, I believe that Eddie's the one that uh, has made virtually all of um, Connor's matches. Obviously, he'll go through Tony Sims. So I think, you know, you've got to give Eddie some credit there. He, he does make a lot of the, the main, he does a lot of the main events. And uh, he's called it, right? He's been perfectly matched, perfectly marketed, Conor Ben. And uh, also, I think they've also got to look, you know, besides the matchmaking, which, as you say, John, has been superb, there's got to be some credit for Tony Sims. Because I went to a night when Conor Ben first turned professional, I never thought he, he would get to Southern area level. And he's got to this, and you most probably make him favourite now against Chris Jenkins, the British champion. Yeah, he he uh, improved a lot. He impressed me um, the other night. He he fought very well. He slipped. His head, his head movement was very good, and and the way he shot the jab from the from the waist is is all good. I, I like the way he he switched the tempos and fainted and things like that. And yeah, for Miller, I think he had a a, a padded record, but. He he, you know he he mixed up with good guys and he did a, he did a better job on on him than Sean Porter. So it was a great great yardstick, you know. Styles make fights. Styles make fights. Yeah, I was going to say um, I'm not sure if Sky made it obvious. Might, might have mentioned it once or twice that he'd been the distance with Sean Porter, but uh, yeah. stuff like that. That's part of making the match, isn't it? Yeah. Look down Sean Porter's record. See who the the beatable guy is who he's took in the distance, and then you can build from that. Conor Ben's next fight now, the hype around it's going to be massive and suddenly Josh Kelly's gone from being a mismatch to being a must-see fight. That is going to be one of the big summer fights. Um, Steve. Right, my, my final topic is um, fighting pirates. And my argument is that pay-per-view prices are going to drive fans to IPTV and other streams. It's already big business. And if you look at football, you know, an independent investigation showed that each Premier League club is losing a million pounds from streaming each game. And you look at the 24.95 for Pew Left challenging Joshua, that is just going to drive more people away to go and get these IPTVs that are easily available. The quality is good. You might be a few seconds behind. They might drop out for a little bit. But it's just going to drive people away. And I don't think Bucket Boxing is, doing, is taking the stream seriously. Oh, I really don't. Because twenty four ninety five for Joshua Pulev. Good luck to them both. Get earning as much as they can. But I wouldn't pay nineteen ninety five. Yeah, you need a frontal lobotomy to pay twenty quid for that, which which the sky is usually up for, for Joshua against a thirty nine year old Bulgarian who, in the last six years, 
um, inflicted Derek Chisora's sixth or seventh defeat on him and has beaten Yui Fury in the notable wins and a, a washed-up Samuel Peter. I, they're, they're streaming. People go into streams. And I, you can't even blame them. No, nah, not at all. And listen, if you if you, if you if you're talking about twenty five pounds as well, you can get like a couple of nice takeaways, get a stream, and watch at home with with some good food. I'm not talking about ex from experience here, by the way, you know, Steve. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> but but you can hook it up to a TV and and do all these things, you know. Um, and you know what, with recession coming because it's you know it's gonna hit hard. A lot of people they can't afford that, so it's uh. It's too much, I think. Way too much. And twenty four ninety five for for this fight, it's it's crazy. Yeah, look at the undercard. It's not even anything to tempt you with the undercards. You've got Huey Fury and good luck to Lawrence O'Coley. I think he'll beat this Glovaski pretty comfortably, yeah. but he's, he's Lawrence O'Coley, isn't he? You know what you're going to get. I, I just think it's... Considering the position the world's in at the moment, people have lost their jobs, people have been on furlough. Yeah, a little bit of goodwill, goodwill, and make it fourteen ninety-five. I mean, I know Lomachenko Lopez was. Thing is that they got to pay the fighters though. That's the thing. It's yeah. just hard because you don't have the gate money and things like that. Yeah, it's, Joshua's too marketable to be given away for free. But yeah, come on, just let Sky take a bit of a hit because they're going to make monster money next year with Tyson Fury. Two fights with Tyson Fury. Yeah, maybe it's time to take a little bit back. What's that? You know, 25 quid. I'll pay that for Tyson Fury, Joshua, tomorrow. I'm not anti-Joshua. Anti I just think it's, it's, a, it's a liberty to... It might see the first six rounds for, you might see the first six rounds for 25 quid because we're going to put that at 50 or something, aren't we? Well, so I should think you know what? You know what I saw? Ah, uh, damn. You know, I, I, was, I was about to say, I saw a fight card, Don King fight card. Chavez versus uh, Randall. Yeah. I had Azuma Nelson. It had a Mojo Taylor. It had all these, like, Ricardo Lopez. It had all these great fighters. And you look at that. That's worth 25 quid. That's worth yeah. 50 quid. Let me know, you know. Right, Alex, your final topic. Go on. El Spence versus Danny Garcia. A lot of people are sleeping on Danny Garcia, you yeah. know. Um, El Spence. Um. El Spence had a damn, damn bad car crash. I mean, I, I myself had a car crash. Head-on collision. And that went nowhere near as bad as El Spence. You know, went went over like nine, ten times. He's lucky to be alive. He doesn't look the same since. And he's not taking a tune-up. He's getting right in there with Danny Garcia. And Danny Garcia, yeah, he lost his last two fights against Sean Porter and Thurman, I believe. But they were tight, competitive yeah. fights. And Danny Garcia is a very, very good fighter. So uh, it's just madness to me the way people are overlooking him. Nah. And El Spence is a great fighter, no doubt. But he's Danny Garcia is definitely on the level. And, you know, there's a lot of unanswered questions about Earl Spence. And I've seen some interviews with him. He doesn't, doesn't sound the same, doesn't look the same. And it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, you know what? Spence is doing what great fighters do. They're just coming back. No warm-up. Let's get straight back in there. But Danny Garcia, I absolutely love. It's hard to think he's still only 32, early 30s. You look at his CV, you know, Khan, Morales, okay, he was washed up, who he's fault. You know, he, he, when he beat Matisse that night, and Matisse was branded a, a bit of a killer at the time, and he just played with him. You know, he's... Nah, 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 he, 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 got, he got lucky with Matisse, man. Nah. He got thumbed in the eye. 
got thumped nah, in the I eye. Think, I think that was a great performance. And at that time, it when was, he it beat, was a great performance. But they were talking the man, as the man to be Mayweather. But Lamont Peterson, he's fought Furman, Guerrero maybe on the slide, Sean Porter. He's fought everybody. You say, don't get the credit. Where I do disagree with you, Matisse can't make excuses for that night. You Matisse boys. <laughs> You know what? It was, it was, I, it was, I, it was I, lucky you got Morales at 110 years old. Oh, I love that. <laughs> not, not many people have picked up on that, Alex. Spence doesn't look the same. No. He, 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 his speech has changed as well. I think that crash was a bad one. Um, that was he, terrible. Yeah, I saw the CCTV of a cartwheeling, but and he, he somehow he walked away, but his face looks different and he, his mannerisms are different. Did you see his face look did you see his face after, like, yeah. in the, in the, after the car crash? Yeah, it was a bad one. In hospitals. Crazy. Crazy. But, If he's not you know, on, Danny Garcia's going to find him with that left hook. Yeah, he's all, 100%. He's, he's coming back in a top-level fight, but if, he, if he's even 5% off, Danny Garcia's going to uh, clear out this super fight we all want between Spence and Crawford. 100%. I mean, I, I, think, I think Crawford... Crawford's had a lot of fights... Recently, well, he's had a lot of fights that have had some sort of angle on it, you know. People forget. Oh, uh, carry on, Alex. Carry on. Carry on. Yeah, I mean, pe pe people people forget, you know, Crawford for uh, Gamboa, you know, and Gamboa was small. People, you know, he he, he fought Brook, you know, when when you know Brook is older, but El Spence, credit to him, he's fighting Daniel Garcia. After this, you know, he he was afforded a a tune up for this fight. You know, and he didn't. He was just going, he's going, balls on the table, let's have it. And that is an old school mentality, and I admire that. That's you, old school. Fights you've gone into the last 12 exactly. months, mate. Exactly. I'm, I, I like to say I'm a throwback, not a running back, like all these <laughs> other fools. I tell you what, <laughs> I hope Mick's giving you a tune up in January because um, if any fighter deserves a nice 10 round tune up and have a little walk about, it's you, I think. Listen, I, I'm, I, I'm, I drive them crazy. I'm like, when am I fighting? As soon as I fight, when am I fighting next? I just love to, I'm, I'm going to be busy and it's going to be a great, active and successful year in 2021. I hope so, but I do hope you have a, 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 a nice, a, a, not a soft touch, you don't want soft touches, but very much a, a winnable fight for you where you're very much in the driving seat to win. Listen, the, the, the way I've been training, you know, I have, I've been training a lot by myself on my own you know and now i'm in gyms and getting top level sparring it's uh it's great i mean i'm doing strength and conditioning for the first time all these other things and i tell you what i'm i'm gonna be a, a total monster in 2021 so i'm i'm looking forward to it. alex just last one before we let you go I, I know last year you were more focused on european titles and big names and getting to the world super featherweight is a it's a big division in Britain, there's lots of big fighters and big names. Have you start as your focus started to just drift towards some of these Brits now? No, no, not at all. My my focus is uh, world champion, and you know I can I can make featherweight as well. So yeah, I'm just I'm just looking forward, one step at a time. Just get us, you know, be be active in the ring, fight whoever, whenever. I'm I'm old school, Jonathan. You know me, and uh, I just I'm just looking forward to to being the best fighter I can be. And anyone in front of me will be taken out. Perfect. Alex, John, thanks for joining us this week. Great talking Take to care. you, Alex. And you're 
like uh, Likewise. last week. You can talk these guests with you and Ryan Walsh. We're gonna. Uh, you know, you know, you know what? I, I, I love the Walsh. One weekend. The Walshes are all top people. Yeah, they are. Real, real top guys. We'll have to get. Steve, we'll get a Christmas special. We'll get Ryan Walsh and Alex Dillmagani on a Christmas special. I'll tell you what, get, get Michael Walsh. I'll tell you what, he, he will never stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, thank you very much indeed to, for this week. Cheers, John. Cheers, Alex. Enjoy your stay with your mum, looking after your mum. And we look forward to seeing you back in Manchester soon. Appreciate it. Uh, see you soon. Take Thanks, care, guys. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.